There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10 and branch microfiber. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon. We got a real interesting case from Athens, Georgia, and it occurred on actually September 11th. And it's it's sort of a uh, whodunit. It seems that they should have, or based on what I'm looking at in this case, there should be some uh, people or, you know, they'll usually they frequently use the term persons of interest. And um, that's the picture of Deborah, uh, Debbie Collier. Um, Georgia real estate office manager Debbie Collier was last seen on September 10th and found dead the next afternoon, 60 miles away from her home after sending money and a cryptic note to her daughter, according to authorities. In the following weeks, police gave few updates into the 59-year-old Athens woman's death publicly identified no suspect or person of interest and made no arrest. However, they did serve several search warrants, including one at the home of uh, Debbie Collier's daughter, Amanda Bearden, 36 years old. But police revealed nothing about the status of the other warrants, subpoenas, and the crime lab testing. So in fact, there's been an autopsy, however, they have never revealed the results of that. Uh, the missing Georgia mom, Debbie Collier, was found naked and burned, clutching a tree at bottom of an embankment. Um, this is part of a, 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 um, a timeline. Uh, she went missing on September Saturday, September 10th, after sending her daughter $2,385 via Venmo and a cryptic message reading, they are not going to let me go, love. You, uh, there is a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door. The Venmo payment at, comes at 3.17 p.m., eight minutes after Debbie Collier leaves a family dollar store in Callaton, about 90 minutes north of her home in Athens. It's her last known stop before her death. Store cameras showed her enter wearing a number 34 Georgia Bulldog's jersey, and purchased several items that were found near her remains. A blue tarp, a red tote bag, paper towels, a torch lighter, and a poncho. Um, her daughter, Bearden, and husband, Stephen Collie, report her missing at 6.01 p.m. On September 11th, a Sirius XM radio contacts the Habersham County Sheriff's Office who alert deputies that a rented Chrysler Pacifica driven by a missing person has been pinged in their jurisdiction. So he has XM radio contacting the police. Investigators find it around 12.30 p.m. parked on the northbound side of Georgia Route 15 in Clarksville, about 13 miles of the family dollar store. Um, the vehicle was unlocked and unoccupied, according to an incident report obtained by Fox News. 
The scene is still an hours away from where Kalia lived in Athens, but her daughter Amanda Bearden arrives in a hysterical state, according to police documents. She tells investigators her mother did not suffer from any known mental issues or suicidal tendencies. She had been given an approximate location of the vehicle by Athens Clark County Police. So she was given an approximate location, yet showed up exactly at the scene. That sounds to me a bit uh, suspicious. The canine uh, discovers Kalia's remains down in an embankment a quarter mile from the vehicle, nude and partially burned with charring on her abdomen and her right hand clutching a tree. The incident report states that she is obviously deceased and investigators quickly identify her as the missing woman, Debbie Collier. Burned remnants of the tarp, paper towels, and tote bag are found nearby, as well as a charred, charred base of a fallen tree. Uh, the Habersham County Coroner's Office transfers Collier's remains to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Crime Lab for an autopsy. And GBI also receives various items of possible evidence for enhanced analysis. Deputies serve a search warrant on September 14th. They uh, serve a search warrant at Bearden's home three days after discovering her mother's remains. It's unclear what investigators found there, if anything. She lives there with an on and off boyfriend named Andrew Gigerich, 27. And the couple has had a rocky relationship with numerous domestic violence calls over the past three years. Police logs obtained by Fox News Digital, uh, it was one of several warrants served in connection with the investigation. But authorities have revealed few details and declined to release copies of warrants, citing an active investigation. Um, the uh, Haverson County Sheriff's Office reveals that investigators have found no evidence of either a suicide or a kidnapping. Detectives served several search warrants are looking to identify persons of interests. Um, I find that a little bit strange that the police uh, released that they found no evidence of either suicide or a kidnapping. I mean, it seems to me, and again, I'm not on the scene, but if I was looking at two suspects... I would be looking at the daughter and her boyfriend. They have a history of domestic violence. The boyfriend has a history of uh, threatening the family. Um, he, he did that over a year ago. He, in fact, he was arrested from it. Here's a note from that. Uh, don't ever contact me again. If you or your family ever come near me again, I will hurt them. I mean, it looks like it's written uh, like a ransom note. But if I was looking for any suspects in this case, I would really be looking toward the daughter and her boyfriend. I don't know. They haven't released much in regards to the husband. Apparently the husband is the person who reported her missing. But when you, when you think of this situation, she goes to this dollar store and buys something, three, four things or five things, very particular, almost like she was told, exactly what to get. She ordered a, or she bought a rain poncho, a blue top, paper towels, and a torch lighter. I mean, what, and then she goes to this uh, 
wooded area 11 miles from this dollar store. I mean, as if she was ordered by someone to go to that lo location. And then the cryptic, as they refer to it, that cryptic message that she sends to her daughter um, after giving her that sum of money, um, they're not going to let me go. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds a little bit contrived, almost like they're trying to set up what appears to be uh, a kidnapping. Like it is, a, like it looks like, make it look like it's a kidnapping. And that's what is weird. And the police said it was neither a suicide nor a kidnapping. So I think that the police in this instance, they have, they would have been able to get, gain the assistance of the FBI and certainly the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. This seems to me that the Habersham County um, police are probably a small jurisdiction that doesn't investigate many homicides. And perhaps they should have enlisted, and I'm not going to criticize them, but perhaps they should have enlisted the help uh, of the FBI or the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. death of an Athens woman in Habersham County. Video was, has surfaced of Debbie Collier at a Clayton business the day before investigators found her body miles away from the store. Fox 5's Kevin Stewart has the video, and he is live from Habersham County's Sheriff's Department with more details. Yeah, Christine, uh, investigators are calling this case complex, and certainly they have a lot more to do, but this new revelation video is clearing some things up. This is Debbie Collier walking into a family dollar in Clayton, Georgia on Saturday, September 10th. It's just before 3 p.m., only hours before Collier's husband reported her missing. In this security camera video, you can see her picking up several things, including a rain poncho, a tarp, paper towels, and a torch lighter. The Habersham County Sheriff's Department says this clue is crucial. A spokesman tells Fox 5 News, all of those items were found here at the crime scene the next day, next to Collier's nude body with burn marks on it. They didn't know how they got there. Now they do. Also, they now know Collier was still alive at three that afternoon. But here's the added twist. In a statement, investigators say over the weekend, Collier's daughter, Amanda Bearden, told them she was at the Clayton Family Dollar that Saturday. A review of security video and interviews so far <clears throat> hasn't backed that claim up. And we have been trying to reach uh, Ms. Bearden all day, but have been unsuccessful. We came here to the sheriff's department uh, scheduled to get an interview, uh, but they decided that they're going to hold off until later in the week to do on-camera interviews. And of course, we will be there and have those latest developments. But for now, we are live in Clarksville at the Habersham, uh, Habersham County Sheriff's Department. Kevin Stewart, Fox 5 News. Wow. You know, folks, obviously with this investigation, there's uh, much evidence that could show um, the whereabouts of the daughter, the whereabouts of the boyfriend, and of course, the whereabouts of Debbie. And that has to do with, which we've discussed in all kinds of previous cases, uh, cell phones and cell phones pinging and the whereabouts of certain people uh, during the time that their cell phone was uh, pinging. Uh, Jessica Sonny, apparently the Venmo was sent at the moment Debbie should still have been driving from that store to where her car was found. Um, Jessica Sonny, that's very possible. I don't know, have all the uh, the information here uh, in regards to the 
when exactly the um, the text message or the excuse me the Venmo was sent. But that's a little bit bizarre. It's almost like it's like a ransom is being sent, but yet the police say uh, this has nothing to do with a kidnapping or a suicide. But yet it appears that uh, she sent they're sending some kind of almost like a ransom, and it's 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 very bizarre. And to me, they spotted the car because Sirius, uh, it had some Sirius radio in it, and they because it was a rental car. Her car was in the shop, so she rented the car, and they were able to ascertain that she was a missing person. And they pinged the car, and they told the police where the car was. I doesn't, um, you know, I'm not liking that. I'm not liking that. The police weren't the ones finding the car. That Sirius Radio found it. The rental car company found it. I know something is not is not good there. The other thing was is that the daughter and her boyfriend had a long history of domestic violence. And apparently uh, the police had been called. They both had uh, the boyfriend. Um, his name is uh, Andrew uh, Gigerich. He's 27 years old. And according to the reports, they had a rocky relationship with numerous domestic violence calls over the past three years. Police logs obtained by Fox Digital show it was one of several warrants served in connection with the investigation. But authorities have revealed few details and declined to release copies of the warrants, citing the active investigation. Now, would it help us? It's This has been ruled, you know, cause of death, manner of death. The manner of death has already been determined to be a homicide. So what's the cause of death? That's one of the things we want to know. What is the cause of death? Isn't that important? They haven't released that yet. They haven't released the cause of death. So we're sort of left out here guessing as to how was, you know, wouldn't it imply that she bought these items at the dollar store, the poncho, the lighter, uh, I don't know, the, the blue top, the tote bag, paper towels. Wouldn't that imply that, that she would, she bought that specifically to bring it to this location? Who was she bringing it to? Um, it seems like this was a setup that whoever she was bringing those items to, she knew exactly where she was going. And she walked into the woods and apparently... She wasn't very good at walking. She had a bad back, and her daughter said, I don't know how she could have walked down here, blah, 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 blah. But it seems to me, and I'm sure that both the boyfriend and the daughter have been interviewed. However, how good are these investigators? Uh, are these investigators up to the task of interviewing and interrogating and, and, and using the evidence to do those things? What was done? Was there a rape kit done during this autopsy? There should have been, right? She's found partially naked uh, in, in the woods. There should be, absolutely should have been a rape kit done. Did they do that? I mean, if they didn't do that, that's, uh, that's not proper police uh, procedure. Ivana Pona, suspicious. You bet, suspicious. It's a murder. It's a homicide, 100%. But who question of course is who did it who did it and it seems to me 
uh, NYPD 27-year veteran, 10 years in Manhattan North Homicide Squad, that the daughter and her boyfriend are suspects number one and number two, or number, you know, vice versa. They, they had every reason, it seems, to do this, you know. They seem a bit dysfunctional. Um, so I, I think that uh, that's where they should be looking. Did they ask and or did they receive help from or the FBI? I would think that the FBI, you know, you might want to request their help in a case like this, since it doesn't seem like this this small county sheriff's office um, would have the experience investigating murders that they could just say, "Oh, we'll do this. We'll handle this. We got this," you know. And I, again. I'm I'm sort of guessing. Look, we cover these cases all the time. We see different levels of police talent throughout this country, and many little towns, and they don't have any talent, you know. And again, one of the things that I see in this case, there's another coroner, another coroner system. We've spoken about that numerous times. The coroner can be an elected official with very 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 little experience. In investigating murders, he's not an MD. He's not a pathologist. So that concerns me also. You know, um, the scene in this in this uh, case was. Um, let me just pull. Uh, there's another picture over the 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 scene is an hour's drive from where um, Debbie Collier lived in Athens, but her daughter Amanda Bearden arrives in a, a hysterical state, according to police documents. It concerns me that they gave her a vague idea where her vehicle was, and she showed up right on the scene. What does that tell you? Is that suspicious? Uh, I, I think I think so. Um, and the fact that the deputies, they served a search warrant on her home three days after this event, that concerns me also. Um, Debbie Collier was spotted with her purse and the keys, despite claims she left only with an ID and a debit card. So when we look at the um, at the video from the convenience store, she's seen with her, her pocketbook. And it was her daughter said, oh, she only left with her purse uh, and her keys, not her, not her pocketbook. So that's a little bit suspicious, too. What is she trying to cover up? Is she trying to cover something up? Tonight in the mysterious and gruesome death of Athens mom, Debbie Collier. New surveillance video shows Collier buying the very items that police would find just hours later next to her burned naked body. Tonight, only on 11 Alive News, the clerk in that video who was seen checking Collier out reacts to the fact that she might be the last person to see her alive. 11 Alive's Cody Alcorn is live in the studio right now. So Cody, this video, this video here, just adds another layer of questions to this already puzzling case. No doubt, Ron, this video just adds to the complexity of this case. Debbie Collier's body was found on Sunday, September 11th. This video you're about to watch was captured 21 hours earlier, 13 miles north of the crime scene, showing Collier buying the items that ultimately led deputies to her body. On Saturday, September 10th at 2.55 p.m., the Habersham County Sheriff's Office confirms this is Debbie Collier, captured on video walking into the family dollar in Clayton, Georgia. She's wearing a red visor, 
a black purse across her chest and appears to have her rental key fob in hand. The video jumps to Collier checking out. On the counter, a red tote bag. She then places a blue tarp, rain poncho, paper towels, and a refillable torch lighter on the counter. I do remember her. I remember checking her out, but I really don't remember like what we talked about. I talked to the clerk who checked out Collier. Esther Kreller told me over the phone, the items Collier bought didn't set off any red flags. It's a common thing that people buy. We were going to put up the tarps like um, for the winter, but then my boss said no because people buy them year round. Oh, yeah, the big, the big bags. Yeah, people buy those a lot to put a bunch of stuff in, like reusable grocery bags. Kreller said Collier didn't act like anything was wrong. She didn't seem in distress. Knowing what she does today. And nothing looked up suspicious or out of the ordinary nobody i wish i would have went outside you know around that time see if anybody was with her but i had you know who would have who would have thought who would have thought 21 hours later collier's body would be found naked and burned along with that tarp and red tote bag 13 miles away Habersham County says all the video they have from this family dollar and surrounding businesses show Collier was alone in the van when she stopped at the family dollar. But remember, the sheriff's office also confirmed Debbie Collier was not kidnapped and did not die by suicide. Man, a lot of moving parts here, Cody. Thanks a lot. And folks, we want to break down the timeline of this new information because, as Cody just pointed out, a very complex case, right? Debbie Collier's husband said the last time that he saw her was around 9 p.m. Friday, September 9th. Now, this new video you just saw places Collier and Clayton at 2.55 p.m. the next day. 20 minutes later, 3.17 p.m., Collier's daughter said that her mom sent her a Venmo payment of nearly $2,400 with a cryptic message saying in part, they are not going to let me go love you. At 6 p.m., Collier's husband files a missing persons report, and then the next day, September 11th, at around 12.30 p.m., Collier's rental vehicle was found along with her body nearby. So, folks, there you have it. You know, they, they're talking about, in essence, though, how complex this case, and I don't find this case to be that complex. Maybe it's uh, smacking me right in the face, but I'm seeing that, uh, and again, Sometimes uh, what seems to be is, isn't always the case, but I'm really seeing that uh, the daughter is the key to this. And this seems like a, a fake staged or made to look like a kidnapping that really has nothing to do with the kidnapping. Gerald Mack, she was meeting her daughter to check her into the nearby rehab center. They were going to picnic to calm daughter enough to check her in. Daughter and her new beau killed mom and sent fake Venmo ransom. You know, Gerald Mack, I, um, that's how, what I would think, you know what I mean? But we can easily say that, but the police got to come up with evidence and probable cause to arrest these two to prove that. So again, yes, that is perfectly reasonable. And I think that, uh, that makes a lot of sense, but again, they have to come up with evidence to show the other thing was, guys, there was a rifle round found right near the crime scene. Um, and um, 
they they found this rifle round which could could sort of indicate that whoever forced her there could have forced her at gunpoint to comply and then killed her by some other means they're not releasing right now how she was killed there's no um they have not yet released the autopsy so we don't in fact know how she was killed uh Moonlight View, definitely suspicious daughter and boyfriend. 100 found. Yeah, Ivana Pona, right. That's what I'm saying. The uh, A bullet was found at the scene. Now, that needs to be um, forensically looked into. See if we can lift uh, fingerprints off it. More likely, uh, swab DNA off it. If you get DNA off that bullet, that's really very powerful evidence. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, the autopsy was so important because that could also, she could have DNA on her body from the killer. And I, I um, talked about earlier that they should absolutely do a rape kit on this case. And uh, we don't know. They haven't released, <clears throat> excuse me, they haven't released the results of the autopsy. So that's super, super important. Um, squirrel sandwich, those items could be used for all sorts of things. Absolutely. Um but why specifically um, the four items that, that she picked up from that store? Why specifically? It was almost like she had a list of things to buy. And she bought those things in the store and uh, delivered those things to whoever she met in the woods. And I find the cryptic message, the Venmo payment and that message, Joe, it, it, it seems so clumsy. And so rehearsed that someone said, this is what I want you to say in the message to your daughter. Tell her where the key is, that they won't let me go. It was a very clumsy attempt at pretending almost that there was, a, uh, there was an attempted kidnapping. There's a picture of the daughter right there on the screen. Uh, that's Debbie with her husband. We don't hear much about her husband whether or not um, he is a potential suspect or not. Uh, we haven't heard the police talk anything about that. Uh, this is the uh, from the video from that dollar store. Just shows you what she's wearing. Um, you know, to me, this, this case hinges upon, uh, the evidence hinges upon uh, the vehicle, and cell phone technology, again, it comes into play almost every single time. What are we seeing? Are we getting the pings at the location? Have we checked the boyfriend's cell phone? Have we checked the boyfriend's whereabouts, his alibi? Where was he when this occurred? The daughter. How did the daughter show up on the scene without being directly told where they were? I find that tremendously suspicious, you know? Uh, Again, what was the relationship with mom and daughter? Was it bombastic? Was there a history of violence? It, it seemed like there was a history of violence with this boyfriend, and um, he had threatened the family. And then I, perhaps the daughter, again, someone in the chat was saying, has a drug history. She was going, allegedly, I don't, I, that's not verified. Someone in the chat said that she was meeting her to take her um, 
Yeah, yeah, Kelly, um, they said they confiscated the family's phones. Yeah, that's it. sort of like Investigation 101, but thank you, Yaya, for um, letting me know that. That's something they absolutely should do. How about the family computer? We want to go through forensically the computer. Uh, we want to know a lot about the daughter. The daughter seems like she may be a train wreck, you know? And if someone, we all know, we all have people that we know, people in our family that have drug problems. You know how someone with a drug problem, you can't discount anything that they might do. Uh, Squirrel Sandwich was boyfriend ordered to rehab since he had warrant to avoid jail. There was a rehab near where she was found. Squirrel Sandwich, I don't know specifically, or he, or even she, I didn't verify it. Someone in the chat said that she was supposed to be going to rehab. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Uh, if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, uh, and ring that bell. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. We also have a YouTube channel memberships with five different levels. You see the folks with the green font in our chat, and uh, they're part of our, our, uh, our membership. Um, this is an interesting case. It's a very interesting case. I would think that um, this happened on the 11th. So today's the 29th. Uh, so it's coming up on three weeks ago. You, We would expect, I guess most of us were thinking like, well, how come there hasn't been an arrest yet? How come there hasn't been, uh, you know, as they say in all these cases, which I hate the expression, person of interest. How come we haven't been told of a person of interest? But this case, um, you know, you would think that they would name someone, uh, but they're methodically moving along and they're not, uh, but they're not releasing much information, which is, that's okay. I mean, we'll be happy if they, they come up with, uh, they come up with the information and they come up with an arrest, uh, which is what we're all hoping for. Suspicious death of Debbie Collier has gained international attention as Habersham County investigators continue to work to find whoever is responsible. This after the body of the 59-year-old was taken to the GBI medical examiner's office for an autopsy. Fox News' Eric Perry has followed the story. He joins us from the live desk with the latest. Eric? Yeah, Courtney, Tom, today marks exactly two weeks since the 59-year-old was reportedly last seen alive by her husband. Investigators say they need the public's help in piecing together clues as to who could be responsible. The Habersham County Sheriff's Office Criminal Investigations Division has executed several search warrants at locations directly tied to the victim and have conducted preliminary interviews of those closest to the victim. How and why the body of Debbie Collier ended up in a remote wooded area over 50 miles away from her home remains a mystery. The 59-year-old was reported missing September 10th to the athens Clark County Police Department. The next day, September 11th, a serious XM service pinged the location to her van. Chief Deputy Murray Kogod of the Habersham County Sheriff's Office released this recorded message as the story continues to gain international attention. And that the last communication from the missing person was a transfer to the daughter of $2,385 with a text message tied to the Venmo transfer stating, they won't let me go. There is a key to the house underneath the flower pot. Kogot says canine units were brought in to search the heavily wooded area. The search resulted in the locating of a red tote bag, 
a partially burnt blue and colored tarp, and eventually the victim's partially nude and burnt body grasping a small tree down a ravine. It's been nearly two weeks since her disappearance and the grim discovery and still no word on a motive, suspect description, or any answers. Fox 5 reached out to the FBI who sent this statement saying, quote, FBI Atlanta is aware of the case. At this time, the matter is being investigated by local authorities. The GBI had this to say, quote, the GBI Medical Examiner's Office is conducting the autopsy, but those results will be handed to Habersham County as we are not involved in the investigation. At this time, there is no evidence to suggest or support that this incident was related to a kidnapping or that this was a suicide. You know, folks, I find that to be a little bit um, strange that he said that there's no information that this is connected to a kidnapping or a suicide. Um, you know, a suicide victim would not set themselves on fire uh, in, in the in, in the woods and be found in, in the way she was. Um, they've already released the manner of death being homicide. However, there has been no cause of death released. And that's one of the things that we're all waiting to hear. What is the cause of death? How did she die? What is it? Why was there like a rifle round found by the on the scene? Was that used? Was a gun used to hold her and uh, at the scene? Uh, if she was killed by a gunshot wound, would they tell us? We don't know. We just know that it was ruled a homicide. We don't know if uh, how she was killed. So uh, the manner of death was ruled a homicide, as we know. And we like to educate our um, our audience. Manner of death. There's four types of manner of death: It'd be homicide, suicide, accidental, or natural. Those are the four uh, manners of death. Um, cause of death, of course, could be gunshot wound, blunt trauma, poisoning, uh, asphyxia, drowning. There's, a, there's all kinds of causes, but manner, there's four manners, uh, homicide, suicide, accidental, and natural. Uh, Lisa Stewart, how could law enforcement rule out a kidnapping? Um, JC, welcome. Uh, welcome to Police Off the Cuff. Glad to see we have a new member. Um, I think that they found that uh, just the whole kidnapping thing was, was a guise. Um, that it seemed like she was directed what to say. And they're trying to connect the dots right now through evidence to uh, prove whoever was with her at the scene. Who did she bring those items to? All those items that she bought in the dollar store were on the scene. Who was she delivering them to? You know, that's the same person undoubtedly who killed her, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, Kelly, the daughter seemed to have a habit of taking money uh, that wasn't hers. You know, yeah, yeah, Kelly, um, when you have people uh, that you know, people in your family, friends that have a drug problem, you can put nothing by them. They can do anything. People that have drug problems lose their soul, as you know. And this is probably what her daughter is all about. 
Still a lot of unanswered questions. The sheriff's office says the belongings collected at the scene were also sent to the GBI crime lab. I asked the Habersham County Sheriff's Office if they plan to bring in other agencies like the GBI or the FBI, but they would not comment on that. At the live desk, Merrick Perry, Fox 5 News. So they, they also, as I said before, they recovered an unfired round at the scene. And some news station recovered this round and apprised the police of that, which also leads me to believe how good of a canvas did the police do of this scene if you're letting news reporters trance through the woods where the crime scene was and they recover perhaps a pertinent or an important piece of evidence. I mean, I don't know. Uh, how how good of a... Uh, of a job that they do on that crime scene. There has to be, you know, a thorough, thorough search of that crime scene. As well, the biggest crime scene in a homicide is the body of the victim. That absolutely is the most important uh, crime scene. Until we know that, <clears throat> until we know the results of the autopsy, um, how thorough or how much can we know about what occurred at that scene. This uh, this also seems so, so premeditated. Premeditated in the fact that the victim picked up items that she was bringing to the person who killed her. So wouldn't that tell everyone in the chat that she knows the person that killed her? She drove to a very specific location with items she bought from a store to deliver to this person. Wouldn't that tell us, uh, um, Samuel Jackson, um, I don't know what, uh, there's a lot of, uh, is there any um, monitors here? We got to get rid of some of these, uh, I'm getting inundated with porn sites. Uh, Samuel Jackson, well, I, I, I disagree with you. I think you lose your soul when you become a drug addict and we can, we can agree to disagree, but that's my opinion that uh, people that are drug addicts lose their soul and they'll they'll do things that they normally wouldn't do. And if you don't agree with that, that's fine. But that's my uh, my position there. Uh, Squirrel sandwich, thank you for the two dollars super chat. Uh, a neighbor said a woman came on weekends and fighting was heard when that woman would visit. That could very well be her daughter. You know. Um, um, Pauline Buckles, more like lured to the location. Yes, but Pauline Buckles, she bought um, she bought this stuff uh, voluntarily and uh, brought it to the location. Yes, uh, lured, yeah, you want to use the word lured? She was lured to the location. But that says to me um, that, that she knew. She knew who she was bringing this to. My two cents. Bill is quite facile at toggling from taped videos to his live commentary and backing and looks like a real pro beyond the command desk. Thank you, my two cents. Uh, you know, a lot of what I did during homicide was create timelines and create what ifs and, of course, talk to detectives. And I had one of my detectives, we used to call it, well, Phil Grimaldi calls it spitballing. That's when you discuss a case and what ifs, what ifs. And I always thought, I used to call it hypothesizing and theorizing. Hypothesizing, obviously, 
is an educated guess. Theorizing is what's your theory of what occurred. And that's important that investigators do that. What are the, the possibilities? And sometimes someone that's a good investigator uh, can can convince you of their position uh, and something that you may not have thought of. JC, having known drug addicts, I'd say stealing from your mother, other family members, selling sentimental jewelry, putting family at risk when dealers turn up is indicative of having lost their soul. JC, 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. And if folks don't agree with me, that's fine. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people in my police career that lost their soul. That doesn't mean they can never get it back but I've seen people that have lost their soul. Um, Trish Norman, I can't see her being lured by daughter's boyfriend, by someone close to her, yes, by troublesome boyfriend, no. Well, the boyfriend threatened the family's lives, so is it a huge jump for him to kill the mother? I don't know. And what, why, why, was, why was Debbie Collier found naked? Was it, why is that part of killing someone, that she's found naked? Is there some sexual component to this that would indicate that wouldn't it why would someone be murdered did you have to strip them naked it's uh to me that screams of a sexual assault uh do you think alcoholics lost their soul sometimes sometimes alcoholics do lose their soul yeah when they hit rock bottom yeah i think so i think if you spoke to alcoholics that have hit rock bottom they would tell you that yeah I lost my soul. But you know, sometimes with alcoholism and drug addiction, it's necessary to hit the bottom in order to come back, to come back from that. And I've seen people that have come back 100% from alcoholism and from drug addiction. But sometimes you've heard it before. Everyone's heard it before. You have to hit bottom, you know. And what is bottom? Is the bottom different for different people? I, I think so. I think so, you know. Uh, some people have a much lower definition of what bottom is than others, you know. Uh, so, folks, it's very interesting. But th- this case is going to uh, JoJo Jolene. Uh, maybe she was stripped naked to humiliate her. Possibly. Possibly. And that could also be indicative of the fact that the person is known to her. Squirrel Sandwich, thank you for joining our YouTube family, Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. Appreciate it. Welcome aboard. Uh, uh, I just lost that. Uh, JC, I see addicts in this area who would sell their kids for enough money to buy their drugs. It's horrific. With alcoholism, it affects the brain. Look up Korsakoff syndrome. Well, I will later, but I don't have a chance to do that right now. So, folks, when we look at this case um, and we look at evidence and we look at investigative direction. One of the problems with these cases is that the daughter obviously is a um, person of interest, you know, uh, although I hate that expression. She is definitely, I, I believe she's a suspect. If you bring her in too early and you start interviewing in the interrogation process, too early, you run the risk of having her lawyer up, and that means invoke counsel. And once a suspect invokes counsel, you don't get another shot at them. That you can't speak to them anymore. 
So if this is a a confession case where you need a confession because you don't have enough evidence to tie the person into, it's a little bit dangerous to bring the person in before you have the evidence that's the smoking gun. You know, the evidence that you can confront someone with. Oh, really? How did you know? I mean, I would like to know. How did she know where the crime scene was? According to the police, they gave her vague directions or a vague location, and all of a sudden she shows up on the scene. That would be uh, that would be scary to me. That would tell a lot of uh, that would tell me a lot. You know, um, Wendy C. Hard drugs turn you into a creature, unrecognizable. When you become sober, you are a new creation, a new person. You have to learn to love because it's so unfamiliar. I was 16 years sober, Mother's Day. Well, God bless you, Wendy. Uh, thank you for um, sharing that with us. I know it's not an easy thing to share, but guess what? You're back. You're back. Thank God you're back, right? Congratulations. Great thing, you know? Look, I have people, I have people and had people in my family that were drug addicts. Alcoholism is rampant in my family. I happen to be Irish, and uh, I don't want to... Um, put down Irish people, but there's a big, uh, there's a big part of the Irish culture that deals with drinking and it's sort of frowned upon drinking is just part of the culture. And as a result, I think alcoholism and the ethnicity of being Irish runs rampant. It really does it, more than a lot of other ethnic groups. And I apologize if I, um, if I upset anyone who's Irish, but I happen to be Irish, so maybe I can say it. And I've seen it a lot in my family, and I see alcoholism a lot in the Irish culture. So, um, again, I apologize if I offend anyone by saying that, but I find it to be true. You know, um, Jenny Peach, I agree about addiction. Many, many affluent people hit rock bottom and lose everything. Yeah, well, you know something? It's... Uh, it becomes your whole life addiction, drinking, drinking. Alcoholism could be worse than drugs sometimes. It is a drug, right? So let's get that. It is a drug. But it can be just as bad as many drugs that we think of. Oh, my God. Heroin, uh, you know. Uh, now, you know, we frown upon so many different types of drugs, the legalization basically of marijuana. And I, I mean, I don't think anyone should go to prison or jail for marijuana, but I think sometimes as a society, when we frown upon it, it um, gives young kids license to do it. And I think that uh, it's not a good thing uh, through adolescence to uh, to grow up and think that uh, smoking weed and, uh, you know, being high all the time is a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kelly, I'm Irish too and lots of drinkers. Yeah. And if you know something, if you can drink, and control it and enjoy yourself and it doesn't affect your life god bless you you know but many people um have a problem with it you know uh samuel jackson yeah because it alters the brain chemically and causes physical suffering just like alcoholism samuel jackson are you related to the actor i met the actor one time samuel jackson uh good guy great actor great actor you have a great you have a famous name Hard to handle. Hello, Mr. Bill. I'm out of work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which, why you're telling me that. 
Okie dokie seven, drinking beer is one thing. The Irish whiskey tends to cause more issue is in every culture though. Yes. Uh, would I play the interview of daughter speaking? I, I didn't, there is, I didn't play an interview of the daughter speaking. Um, I paraphrased what, what she said. I didn't, I didn't play, uh, I didn't play anything of her being interviewed. Uh, I don't know if I played this, this part here. Let me just play this one news report. in North Georgia. Debbie Collier's body was discovered in a wooded area near Tallulah Falls the day after she went missing. A police report indicates her car was actually spotted there the day before she was found. Tonight, law enforcement is working to crack this case, and Joe Ripley is walking us through some of the new evidence uncovered in the police report. Deborah Collier was originally reported missing back on September 10th in Athens, Clark County. It was 60 miles away here in Habersham County where her body was found burned. Now the sheriff's office is investigating her death. It remains a mystery who killed 59-year-old Debbie Collier and left her body in the woods off a rural Georgia highway. Only a stuffed bear, some flowers, and pieces of crime tape remained at the scene today. This morning, 11 Alive obtained a police report offering new details showing athens Clark County Police working with Habersham County investigators on September 11th to find Collier's rented minivan, which had been pinged using satellite radio. The report says the vehicle was unlocked and no one was inside. A police officer stated he saw the same vehicle there the day before around 5 p.m. The report states soon after the van was found, Collier's daughter later showed up to the scene emotional begging for answers in her mother's disappearance. According to the report, she told investigators her mother did not have any history of mental health issues and denied any suicidal tendencies. She also stated that her mom had a bad back and couldn't have walked far. The report indicates investigators saw a red tote bag near an uprooted tree in the woods off Georgia Highway 15, along with what they believe were the remains of a fire. They also discovered a burnt blue tarp and a naked woman's body. She was lying on her back and her abdomen appeared to be charred. That woman was later identified as Collier. The day the Athens mother and realty office manager went missing, her daughter told police that her mother sent nearly $2,400 to her through Venmo, along with a message saying, they are not going to let me go, love you. Her daughter told police Collier had left home with only her driver's license and debit card. The sheriff's office told me to expect new details in the case this week. In Habersham County, Joe Ripley, 11 Alive News. So no real... Uh smoking gun information right there but uh what what we're all wondering and what we all want to know uh they ruled this a homicide how did she die how was she killed you know what was the cause of her death manner has been ruled upon what was the cause what was the fire about that she would her abdomen was burnt what was you know i don't know what was that about um these are the these are the questions that we want to know. Um, forensically, could the answer be be available forensically? Uh, we hope we hope that there's enough evidence that the police are going to be able to find out the person or persons who did this. I always talk about in a in homicide investigation something called victimology, and victimology is exactly what uh, what it says. Ology means the study of. Therefore, it means the study of the victim. So we look into Debbie Collier, look into her background, her inner circle. Her inner circle is her husband, her daughter, her son, her daughter's boyfriend, who we know is a dysfunctional guy who 
they've had problems with the daughter and her boyfriend have taken arrests vis-a-vis each other uh, from a domestic violence situation. Right there, to me, as a homicide investigator, that screams out to me that there's a problem. What does uh, Debbie Collier do for work? We know that she uh, is an office manager in a real estate office. Could the answer be there? I don't know. Um, Her husband. We don't know much about her husband. His name isn't coming up much. Her son, her daughter, we know her daughter's got problems, right? So naturally, that's where we're going to be looking toward. The problem, the obvious problem, uh, the victimology. Um, why did she have that rental vehicle that day? What we find out is that her car was in the shop. That question I asked right away, well, why she got this uh, rental van, which they were able through serious radio that was in the car. Not many people know that, that they had GPS and they pinged the car and they found out exactly where the car was. Who knows that when you rent a car, you could rent a car with uh, Sirius Radio and that it's got built-in GPS and they could find you. Uh, Kim Allison, Sergeant Bill, understand completely, yes, many of my Irish family affected by alcohol problems. Kim, you know, I, I don't mean to just, there's many other ethnic groups. I just know that from my own background, from being Irish, I've seen a lot of it uh, throughout my life, you know, and... Uh, Yeah, Samuel Jackson, alcohol, especially hot alcohol, is a scourge, in my opinion. No different than all of the substances we have banned, and it causes arguably more harm. Samuel Jackson, you're preaching to the choir. I agree with you. That's so true. Uh, Alcohol is uh, is a huge problem. Um, Man, I hit a a nerve with talking about alcohol. Everyone's coming out wanting to talk about it. But... uh, I think what we really want to talk about is um, is Debbie Collier and to solve this case. And um, I was just apprised of this case today. I didn't. Uh, and uh, one of my subs, one of my fans, thank thank you, and uh, told me about it. I didn't really know about it. And it is an interesting case. When it when I first read about it and I first looked into it, I thought that right away this looks like an easy one. You know. What an easy case. But, you know, something from the outside looking in, it can look easy. And and you find out uh, when you actually work the case, um, it's not so easy. You know, it's not so easy at all. Um, So, uh, you know, who am I to say that it's easy? It's, It's probably not easy. Folks, if you're from the New York metropolitan area and you're looking for a good attorney, Joe Murray is your man. Joe Murray, counselor at law, a retired member of the service, an NYPD police officer, former heavyweight boxer for the PBA boxing team, a tenacious attorney. Uh, If you want to hire Joe, his cell phone is 718-514-3855. You can get him by email at joe at jmurray-law.com. His website is jmurray-law.com. I will vouch for Joe Murray. He's been a huge supporter of police off the cuff, real crime stories, and he's an outstanding, outstanding attorney. Uh, tonight he'll be at six o'clock. Actually, he'll be on um, Mark DeMeo's show um, after hours. With Mark DeMeo, and he's going to be interviewing Joe Murray about his uh, 
about his law practice and m- many other things. Um, my two cents, read the light approaches. Did Debbie smoke? I, I don't know. Unknown, my two cents. I don't know. Um, life is short. Uh, JC, truly awful. The lady looks so sweet. Genuinely open, nice face. That looks kind. I agree, JC. Uh, Squirrel sandwich. Some have asked if her truck in the shop may have been a previous failed attempt on her. Squirrel sandwich, unknown. I don't know that information. I just know that she did um, she did rent this car. And look, the rental car helped to find her. It had the serious radio. And that, in fact, is what uh, made it possible to find her. And that's why they found her so quickly, because the serious radio was pinged, and uh, they found her. Uh, Amanda Cunningham, Mr. Bill, get back to work and solve this case. We're relying on you. Um, well, you know, it's sometimes it's easier from the outside looking in to come up with all these great ideas, but not always so easy when you're when you're investigating the case. And you know, when we look, people, I used to always say for the NYPD, people were so spoiled by the great work that the detectives of the NYPD did that they expected immediate immediate uh, satisfaction. When someone committed a crime, they're like, oh, how come there's no arrest yet? Well, it just happened uh, two hours ago. What, are you kidding me? You know, uh, but that's, that's well, people get spoiled, you know, get spoiled. So let's pray that the police here in Georgia, uh, the Havisham County, that they have enough evidence to, uh, to solve this case. We know they determined it was not a kidnapping, it was not a suicide. However, it is a homicide. So they know information that we don't know. Uh, Patricia Burns, the daughter, showed up at the crime scene. Who does that and why? And who told her where that was? Well, the police, according to the police of what I read, they gave her a vague idea where the crime scene was. And the next thing they knew, she showed up, which I find a little bit uh, perplexing. A little bit um, wishing be, I believe, husband said license at home on 9-11, daughter said license with her. Um, I'm not sure what that means. You don't have to have your license with you when you drive a car. Um, Alley Cat, thank you for the $2 super chat. Law enforcement changed it to a death investigation. Is there a difference? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Every... Um, person that dies, the police, at least in New York City, the police respond. And they determine what I just said earlier on. Is it a homicide? Is it a suicide? Is it an accidental? Or is it natural? Most, Most deaths that the police respond to are natural. But there are those that are, um, you know, of course, homicide, accidental, right? And suicide. And every death should be investigated as a homicide until details and facts and circumstances and evidence tell us otherwise. Can a a suicide be a a homicide? Absolutely. Sometimes people that commit murders stage the crime scene to make it look like a suicide, even going as far as to leave a note, try to leave a suicide note. So, yeah, all, again, all death investigations 
Uh, Ali Ken, I don't know who gave you the information that law enforcement changed it to a death investigation. Uh, yeah, there's the, again, there's a total difference. Homicide and just a death investigation. There's something on the NYPD they used to get from the medical examiner's office, and everyone hated to get it, and it was called a cuppy. And what it stood for was circumstances undetermined pending police investigation. So basically, the medical examiner was saying to the police, we don't know what the hell this is. Investigate it further, and you tell us. You know, and Sometimes the police would come back and say, well, this was an accident, or this is a homicide. Or this was a suicide, or this was natural. Cuppy circumstances undetermined, pending police investigation. And I remember every detective squad hated to get those because it was like, oh no, how are we going to figure it out if the medical examiner, with all their science, tossed it back to us? You know. So um, wonder if there'll be any fingerprints on the ammo found. Would think so. Okie dokie. Seven. There's more a better chance that there's DNA on the, uh, I believe it was one round that looked like a rifle round that was found. Fingerprints are tough to get off of a, uh, off of a round because of the, um, the surface uh, that the, the bullet or the round is made from, difficult. Uh, but it's easier, believe it or not, to swab it for DNA and to identify the rounds from the DNA. Um, Ivana Pauna, First 48, Most Informative. Yes, I, I really like that show. I think it's uh, one of the uh, shows on television that is true to form, that really tells the truth. And I think a lot of the network shows like Law and & Order and Special Victims and Blue Bloods, I think they're Hollywooded up, you know, and they don't, they're not... Uh, my favorite... Cop show of all time, though, uh, is The Wire that was on HBO. It hasn't been on for a long time, but great. one of the, I think, the greatest cop show ever made for television, anyway. I think it was just fantastic. Uh, Wendy C., has anyone mentioned whether she was maybe ambushed or targeted on the side of the road? My theory that makes sense is the daughter had her meetup. And she sent the text, but then the times don't match up. I think, look, I think that... Um, she uh, she was she went there voluntarily. Voluntarily, she bought those things in a convenience store. She bought very specific things, so I think that whoever she met there, she knew. So that's what's going to have to be determined. That's what's going to have to be figured out, and that's what the police in Georgia, Abbotsford County, are working on right now. And again, we want an arrest yesterday. You know, but guess what? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait, um, folks. I want to thank everyone for coming by today. I'm gonna follow this case. I have a feeling. I just have a feeling that this case, many other uh, content creators, gonna be doing this case. I wouldn't be surprised um, if Duty Ron is doing is gonna be doing it tonight. I don't know for a fact that he's going to, but I would not be surprised that he would be covering this. Um, Let's hope this lady looks like a, a very sweet lady, uh, how she met this untimely and horrible death. Um, that's what the police are for, to tell us and find out. You know, the, the uh, author of Practical Homicide Investigation, 
Retired NYPD Lieutenant Vernon Gebeth used to always say, we work for God. And that's what homicide investigators do. Not only do they work for the family, but we work for God to find out who did this horrendous thing to this person. So with that in mind, uh, folks, thank you so much for coming by today. God bless. And we'll be covering this case. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. One episode, just ain't enough.